Thanks for joining us on episode 16 of the SAP UK podcast and what is our first episode of 2022. On today's show, SAP UKI Managing Director Mikhail Verhoeven is joined by the CIO of one of the UK's most iconic brands. We hear how they are transforming their business to respond to rapidly changing consumer demands. So let's dive right in. Welcome everyone. My name is Michiel Verhoeven and I'm pleased to be joined by Sandeep Seripat, who is with us from Twinings. And it's a great pleasure to have you today, Sandeep, because you are engaged in a big transformation for an exciting, iconic brand of the UK. Sandeep, welcome. Tell us a little bit about yourself and your background. Michael, first of all, thank you for having me on, on this uh, podcast. I'm quite excited to be able to share our journey with, with you and your audience. Um, a little bit about me, um, based on this accent, you can hear I'm from South Africa, um, been in the UK for, for a good few years now. Uh, but my journey actually started not in IT. So I, I actually am an engineer by, by trade and worked in the steel plant for a number of years before I actually became an SAP consultant. So my, my life as a, as a, or my relationship with SAP actually goes back many, many, many years. And I spent a fair amount of my career at SAB Miller, a big beverage organization um, that made lots and lots of beer, and then moved on to Kimley Clark, another CPG organization, um, and then landed up here with Twinings as a global CIO. Very good, Sandeep. Uh, the difference between you and me is I have gray hair from all those years that I first implemented SAP, and you clearly have not been scarred enough. It, it, does, it does appear so, but trust me, the emotional scars, my therapist will tell you that it's a full-time job. <laughs> it sure is. Thank you, Sandeep. Can you tell us a little bit about Twinings as a company? What's happening? What are some of the industry challenges you're faced with? So what's interesting is that when we when we talk about Twinings, is it's actually Twinings Ovaltine. So as a as a brand, lots and lots of people in the UK know Twinings. And in fact, Twinings is a global brand. You know, you, you go pretty much around the world and everybody knows Twinings, the tea brand. But we actually made up of two, two tea key brands. One is Twinings and the other one is Ovaltine. So the Ovaltine part of our journey actually also has a massive amount of heritage behind it. It goes back to, uh, I think it is 1904, uh, back in Switzerland, where the brand was created and, and first sold. Um, and we've got large businesses in Thailand, obviously in Switzerland, uh, China, Australia, Brazil, Nigeria. So, so the Ovaltine brand is strong. The Twinings brand is just iconic. You know, 1706, if you go down to London and you go to our stand store, it's one of the few stores that was actually there from the beginning. So, you know, there's a, there's a massive degree of heritage in our brand and we're very proud of that heritage. Um, but in saying all of that, you know, our consumer is changing and our consumer is massively changing. I think before COVID, there was definitely, we could see a trend happening around consumers wanting more. And if I reflect on myself as a consumer, you know, there's a lot more that I want out of all the brands I engage with, whether it's my personalization, whether it is my health, whether it is getting to know me as an individual. And that's kind of reflective in exactly the same, same characteristics that we're seeing in our, in our T-brands and, and, and Ovaltine for that matter as well. So I think what we're seeing is I think we're seeing a far more demanding consumer. We, we're seeing a consumer that is saying, I want you to understand my needs and not just send me a whole lot of marketing blurb that adds no value to me. Um, but also when I need it and how I need it and at the right price. 
And something that's becoming more and more important is where's it coming from? What's the sustainability angle, right? How how are you showing your credentials? So I think those are all dimensions that, you know, again, as a as an organization, both Twinings and Noble Team, we we we're doing a lot of work in that area. Um, and this transformation is actually setting us for that. Yeah, so indeed, you mentioned consumer experience and expectations as a driver for change. Of course, sustainability and undoubtedly supply chain factors in as well. Can you comment a little bit about how you think about your supply chain challenges and the visibility you have to create? Well, if anything that COVID has taught us is that having a traditional supply chain, which is, you know, you, you outsource everything and you look at key markets as being areas of production, um, work sometimes when the supply chain is working well. But when you can't get product out of certain geographies, it does compromise the sustainability of our supply chain. So what this has done for us is that third-party manufacturing is becoming more and more important. So how do you how do you look at partnerships? And I think in technology, we use the term platforms. But how within the supply chain do you build these platforms between suppliers, between, between um, contract manufacturers? Um, and we're seeing that's happening more and more. So, so a key drive for us is around, we want to build those, those networks to ensure that if we have another COVID and, and our supply chains compromised, that we, we are not compromised in terms of not being able to fulfill those needs. Yeah, so the drivers for your transformation really are driven by consumer expectations, experiences, sustainability, supply chain, partnerships and networks. This is, of course, not just relevant to what you do in your job as the chief information officer, but tell us a little bit about your transform transformation journey as a management team and how you tackle this. Sure. So, so when we tackled, uh, when we reflected on what we want to do, um, the, the question wasn't about technology. In fact, technology didn't play a part in the conversation at all. What we started off the conversation with was around how do, how do we get closer to the consumer? How do we react to those needs on a, on a more real-time basis if required? How do we ensure that personalization and all those other dimensions that are happening in the market, when the consumer wants those things, where do we sit in, in that continuum of being able to engage with the consumer? That is the first question. The second question we said, well, if all of those things happened, how does a supply chain react to it? What do we need to have in place in the supply chain to be able to drive that? And how do we take out the inefficiencies in our process? And we are very, very, I guess, like most organizations, quite lean. So how do we better utilize our resources, both in technology and also in terms of the business, to help meet those, those demands? And those demands are not stopping. You know, if anything, COVID has accelerated a lot of kind of consumer demands in more ways than not. It's also accelerated a lot of the, the supply chain challenges that we just spoke about. And you launched a, a special transformation program, right? Dedicated to this Sunday. Well, what is the name of the program? Um, the program is called Optimus. Um, and it's a long story on how we got to the name. But yes, it is It is Optimus. And, and again, the starting point of that program was saying, well, what does transformation look like? And a word that you won't hear in any way of the things is the word digital. And, and, and the reason I say that is we started off this problem saying, or we started off this journey saying, what's the business problem? And if the business problem was trying to understand the consumer and how we engage the consumer. That's a growth agenda. That has nothing to do with technology. And if you think about taking away inefficiencies, well, that again is not a technology conversation. That is a conversation around trying to extract value and reinvest where it makes sense. And if we say if those things are true, well, then how does technology facilitate that? So the journey that we sort of saying, well, if we want to achieve those business outcomes, 
how do we go about achieving it? And, and we went around saying, well, actually, this is how technology could play a part. Then the question is, what technology? How do you implement it? Who do you partner with to help drive that agenda going forward? And is it is an ambitious in the sense that as a business, we are a very federated business. So we we've got 10 business units across across the globe that is is based on the premise that we we empower local businesses to drive because we say local knows best. That has been a, a very, very strong ethos of the organization and has made us very, very successful. So to challenge that and say, well, there's certain areas that we want to change, there's certain question areas we want to challenge, um, it's kind of going against the, the cultural norm of the organization, but it's for the right reasons. And I think if we didn't define a very compelling why we want to do this, then everything that we have done thereafter gets compromised. And thank you for that. And I, I admire the directive by all of your management to be outcome oriented, right? First and foremost in the design. <clears throat> Second, to take the process harmonization into consideration. Third, the federated structure, which means you can have some buy-in from different stakeholders, some variability, but at the same time, you need to have some consistency at the center that's shared across. So, so tell us a little bit more now about your relationship with SAP. It's not always been a fantastic relationship, Sandeep. So you can be as honest as you want to be. So one of the key things that we started off in, the, in our discussions around this transformation is that we want to stick to standard. And what we said stick to standard, what that means is we want to be able to use standard processes, whatever other people are doing, because as a business, we believe our competitiveness is not in, in the processes. Our competitiveness is in our brands, in our product, how we engage with the consumer, our route to market. Th that's where we engage in and, and we believe we, we are different. So if we, if we think about the relationship with SAP, and this has started back in 2000 and 2012 when we implemented ECC in, in our UK business, our Polish business, and a, um, our manufacturing facility in China. It was there to meet a need, which was replace an old, an old ERP. When we started this journey, and, and, and by and large, it, it met that brief. But if you can speak to my users around, should we implement SAP? Before we started this journey, the overwhelming view would have been, we don't want this. This is so, so backward. We don't, we don't, want, to, we don't want to use something that is, that is not fun, not, not looking. And I use the word cool because that's the word that was used in a, in a number of our sessions we've had with users. Um, so we're very sensitive to the fact that if we choose SAP as part of this transformation, are we gonna deal with that change and that uphill battle from, from day one? So when we started this thing, we said, okay, what are the things that we need to have answered? Use, use experience. To me, that was the number one priority. In fact, when we went out to market, it was less about functionality, because again, coming back to my comment around, we're not a complex business. We don't, want to, we don't want to be complex. And how do we standardize? Well, then the experience and how you engage with the tool becomes far more compelling. So usability was actually one of the key things that we looked at. The second thing we looked at is around which organization actually has a global reach to ensure that when we've got these 10 business units and it's growing, how do we, how do we engage with them? How do we ensure that the needs in Thailand or the needs in China or the needs in Australia are met from a route to market or from a legislation perspective. Those were, those were key. And in that, in that journey, and we did a, what I think was a very rigorous process identifying what's the right, and it wasn't the right ERP. So again, um, my, my feedback to 
to my leadership and, and both Peter, who's my CFO, and I, we were quite clear on, if this is an ERP project, then let's stop this because it's not about ERP. ERP is the means. And what we said was, if we were looking for an organization that gave us the right platform, that it gives us the right plugins to, to be able to engage with this. And we've got this philosophy in, in the team around plug and play. You know, so, so how in the future world where we as consumers experience a plug and play world, when you come into the work environment, we want the same experience. You know, why should it be any different? Why should my, my enterprise world be so, so different to my consumer world? Um, and, and so in, in that journey, we, we then went out to market, looked at the number of ERPs, uh, and then looked at ERPs that actually kind of met the criteria of platform, user experience, the ability for us to grow as we grow as a business. And it's kind of tried and tested because, I, again, um, my competitive advantage is not going to be how I implement an ERP. In fact, if anything, it's going to be a distraction. So I need to do that in the most efficient manner to deliver value. Very good, Sandeep. And in terms of the, the usability feedback that perhaps was not considered top of mind when you initially started the process, how did you then overcome that, that you said, yes, SAP does meet those needs? Did you compare ECC6 feedback to S4HANA? How did you go about that? Uh, absolutely. In fact, that was the easy part because all you got to do is show people what was the old ECC screen looked like and what does a HANA screen or, or the Fury tiles look like. And you already changed people's minds. So, so that, that part was easy. I think the, the part that really became interesting is around the mobility dimension. I mean, we always think about ERP as around, around a screen that I see and keyboards in front of me. But as we as consumers are changing on a regular basis, where mobile is becoming the way we interact, both on shop floor, but also in terms of our, our ways of working, um, and we brought in that, then things got really exciting. Because then we could show the art of the possible if we went down the certain road. Yeah, thank you, Sunny. There's a number of customers who have given us examples of that. But um, I ask you that question because people are rooted in object on, on opinions from the past and experience with the new is the only way to overcome it. So thank you for being an advocate for that and being objective in it. Now, as you move to the cloud, because this has been important to you as well, you embraced our SAP Rise proposition. Let me ask you, what do you think SAP Rise is? And why did you choose it? So firstly, I think as we started the journey, SAP did, did themselves a massive injustice in rechanging and rebranding the product all the, all the time. I think while we engaged, it probably change, changes offering twice in, in its in sense. Um, for us, why, why cloud was so important is that, again, I don't want us to deal with upgrading ERPs. You know, it, it distracts my business, which is preventing me from making more money and driving my business going forward. It also it also distracts my my technology team, which should be focusing on trying to drive growth and trying to become more efficient. So, so our starting point was: can can I find a cloud solution? And fortunately enough, we were we were working with with your team to understand what are the various offerings. So, the full SaaS off, offering, as much as that would have been my my starting point was just too standardized, I guess, if, 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 that's, if that's the right term. And I, and I wanted a bit more flexibility. I wanted flexibility not in so much in terms of the configuration and customization, as much as I'm sure in our program we're going to have a few of those there. Um, I wanted to keep it as standard as possible, and that is our, our key drive. But the other, the other thing is that I actually wanted to, to not deal with the, the major upgrades, to deal with the back-end support, 
and and also give me the flexibilities around my upgrades because what was happening is that in a program of, of this size that cuts across probably three to four years um, we were going to go through multiple upgrade sequences and i wanted to stabilize that um and again dealing with dealing with your team it just became very clear that rise was the right solution for us so so rise for you is a simplification of an engagement with sap a service level an upgrade path and a lack of a, a lower complexity in terms of supportability of the system ultimately is that fair to say that absolutely correct yes thank you sandeep um can you tell us a little bit about what other technologies from sap are you using i mean it's it's one thing to go on a journey but what what components did you pick so if you go back to my comment around we were looking for a platform so, so we need to be true to that to that principle and what we've done is we said well let's take something like ibp we were looking for for a really good supply chain tool and there are there are amazing supply chain tools out there but again as a business we're saying well we're not a complex business so why would we want to really look at an advanced tool could we get something that's good enough for us and I, and I say good enough, and I'm not by any means belittling the, the capability with an IBP, but for our business, it actually meets that requirement. Similar with Ariba, similar with Conquer, um, where we're looking at business technology platform, we're looking at um, um, SAC. So we've actually gone and, and kind of standardized where it made sense on a number of the SAP products. And I think that's one of the areas that I'm really concerned about is, is I think what we've, we've got from the, from the SAP team to date has been really, really great experiences. So, you know, how we set up our RISE environment, the ability to, to get to a, a, a working environment that helped our partners um, cap in, in that was really, really quick. Where I see the challenges coming is that we might have bought SAP products, things like Ariba, things like IBP, Conquer, and so forth. But how they all going to gel together as a seamless user experience? I think that's the thing that keeps me up at night. Because do I do I believe the the core is going to work? S four absolutely. Do I believe that individual components of the architecture is going to work? Absolutely. It's when they all come together as and again using the mindset. It's about the user, not about us as technologists to see how it works. Does it work in a seamless manner? That's the part that worries me. Yeah, very, uh, very honest feedback, Sandeep, and I think that's that's realistic. It's been a challenge that the user groups have given us globally uh, over the years. I think we've made a lot of progress, but certainly challenge recognized, and we will partner with you on that. Of course, the business technology platform is the key layer through which that integration, extension, and functionality needs to come about for the user. So absolutely realistic assessment. Thank you for that, Sandeep. Now, with respect to the implementation journey, as you strive towards the outcomes, two questions. The first question is, tell us a little bit about the role of partners. And second, what do you expect as ultimate outcomes? You spoke about customer experience, sustainability, supply chain and networks, user experience. What do you ultimately want to achieve in a measurable way? Sure. Okay. So... There is no way that we could achieve any of this transformation without partners. And I think in in this complex world where gone are the days where you've got one person that can do it all. You know, you go to one SI that can do it all. There's there's a realization that you have to work with partners. So I guess the first partner is obviously with SAP. And and to the extent, and, and you would know this, Mikhail, we've we've included SAP as part of our steercom because we believe that you guys are very, very strong, strong part of that of our business going forward. I think the other part is is our help scaler. So we've chosen Microsoft um, Azure as, as our hosting partner for, for SAP. 
And again, the reason why we did that is that by and large, we are, we are a Microsoft house. Um, and we want to utilize one, the relationship that SAP has with, with Microsoft. But also, we've made a massive investment in a number of Microsoft tools. So how do we seamlessly bring that together? So when my users engage with something like Power BI, they, they're not seeing the complexity that sits behind things like, like BW and so forth. And there's a, there's a simplicity to that. And then choosing implementation partner. Again, we were very, very extremely um, rigorous in terms of how we went and chose, chose a partner who is Cap, Capgemini. Because we wanted somebody who didn't just come come and tell us this is this is this is what we can't do, or this is why you want to do things that are complex. But somebody who said, you know, we've done it before, here's our template, this is how we're going to implement it. But without losing sense around this actually is about driving a growth agenda. So finding a partner that understood our business drive was far more important than just looking at somebody that can do the implementation, because there's plenty of people that can do that. And, it, and that leads to the point around what do we want to achieve from this? If we work out of this program where, and our CEO has been very clear around this, we've de-risked the business. When we delivered an experience to our consumers, that's great. But more importantly, I set the platform for us to drive that growth agenda, then it's been successful. We don't want to be in, in a situation where we've landed on time, on budget, right quality, but nobody uses the system. That will be an absolute disaster. So that user experience comes comes to fall. If we deliver all of the stuff and we can't engage with our consumers or our customers in a far more agile manner, then again we've lost the plot. So those those things suddenly become our guiding principles. And and we've tested. We, we're in the process of doing the design as we speak. And every one of the processes that we're talking about, we're asking the question around: How is this driving my growth? How is this actually making us more efficient? Wonderful. Sandeep, we're coming to the end of, uh, of our podcast and our communication. Uh, I really want to thank you for uh, your partnership, the trust you've placed in SAP, in Microsoft, in Capgemini collectively. And we are here to help you make your outcomes happen. And it's a journey. So we're not there yet. We're at the early phases of that journey. And uh, it is a great sign of our joint accountability to make that happen. I would like to ask you if you have any final words for or words of advice for some of our customers or perhaps for our partners. Uh, first of all, Mikhail, again, thank you for giving me the opportunity. I, I think you and your team have demonstrated time and time again the concept of partnership and, and myself and my leadership really appreciate that. I think the, the bit of advice to, to most organizations, we've always said, and again, I've been in technology in the technology space for a number of years. We've always said that we want to keep things to standard. I think saying it and versus practicing it and living by it is, is something that, you know, if we really want to get closer to, to driving those business objectives is, is important. I think the other thing is, is, is not under, under or not, not overestimating the effort to actually make sure that the SI and the partners understand your business drivers versus just doing implementation. So for me, those are kind of be the two key things. And probably one last thought around, and ensuring that we get the right information out to make sure we get the right business outcomes. Very good. Thank you so much, Sandeep. Wishing you the very best in our joint partnership with Twinings and, our, and the other partners, of course. And uh, wonderful to have you on this show. And thank you for the trust that you've placed in us collectively. I hope everybody enjoyed and see you next time.